another installment of Behind the Fourth Wall, a podcast where we discuss trailers, movies, TV shows, and anything else pop culture. In today's episode, we'll be reviewing James Cameron's long-awaited second entry into the Avatar franchise, Avatar 2 The Way of Water. My name is Ivan, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and super fan of the other less appreciated live-action Avatar franchise, Emmett. It should. It really does deserve so much more credit. It was such a good movie. I'm still waiting for the for the sequel. Um, is that coming out soon? Um, I heard the Snyder cut of Avatar: The Last Airbender is is set for HBO Max release next year, and I I can't wait personally for that. They left me on a cliffhanger. They just stole the moon god in the form of a fish. What happens next? Dude, I wish this was source material of some sort, right? Like where you could go back and watch like a comic, like read a comic or like watch a TV series. Yeah, you know, and if like... it was done just like um that Avatar Korra show, if they made one for that, yeah, for Avatar Last Airbender, woo, yeah, I'd be into that. And and if Dave Filoni wrote some of those episodes, because he he you know he seems to have a pretty good manage on, on animated stuff, I think that would be amazing. No, he's too big for his bridges. That's true. Yeah. We gotta take him <laughs> down a notch or two. That's something I'll never get over the fact that Dave Filoni was involved with Avatar The Last Airbender. And it took me a while to realize that that was uh, his only big thing before he went on to direct Star Wars uh, animation. That's pretty crazy to me. Yeah. I, I, this is, I'm just finding this out now, actually. Surprise. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> you gotta warn me. <laughs> listen it's new year new knowledge to drop on you random tidbits to throw our podcast into you know god knows where <laughs> this is why people come to us because we have the the breaking news of yesteryear speaking of breaking news <laughs> yeah break it i was gonna say what do you got for us on on, <laughs> on, on your wall this week <laughs> it's a quiet week for the walls let's be honest um we're recording this just after New Year's, and not just a few days after. But I have been binging through the Jack Ryan series, season three, on Amazon Prime. Were you ever a fan of that show? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not caught up all the way though. Like I haven't, I haven't begun um, the latest season myself. How it's like The so Office far? meets. It's it's The Office meets Mission Impossible. Oh, I love it. If I, I wish Jim um what's that what's that young fellow's name? Jimmy Krasinski. I wish he was in this show too. Yeah, well, um he is. <laughs> no <laughs> way. Breaking news for you there. <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> no, it's holding up uh season wise, plot wise. It's holding up to season two. I feel like season one was definitely the best. Two kind of went down a ring or a rung or rang. Any of the past participles. Uh, and then this one's kind of on par with that. I always, um, on paper, like I always forget that the number of seasons that this show is on uh, versus Reacher. Because I feel like they kind of clash in, 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 in my brain somehow, even though it's like completely radically different casts. But well, no, they're both Tom Clancy, aren't they? Yeah, but I mean, like in terms of like. It's not the same character or everything, but I, I kind of feel like Jack Reacher. I mean, they have Jack the same Reacher. first name. Re- yeah. Jacks. <laughs> Jack, it's Pac- Jack you got Pocket Jacks. Come on. <laughs> Jack and, R. And the, yeah, the last name is R. So uh, he wasn't really 
breaking the creative bank uh, when he was writing these. Hey, but they sell really great at Walgreens, so I always see a ton of his novels there. <laughs> That's because they're not selling. <laughs> Wait, is that what is that? How they're just is? stocked well at Walgreens. Oh, shoot. See, like I'm not educated on how this stuff works, so. But I'd still say it's worth a watch. Um, but if you're if you're torn on what to start in that series or that genre, I'd probably go with Reacher over Ryan. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I gotta I gotta take a look at it. I think actually I might um I might have only watched the first season of Jack Ryan. I'm trying to remember if I if I even got into the rest of it. I remember I started watching it because my brother was really into it. Um. I think I have a lot more catching up on this show <laughs> than, than, than I uh, realize. Well, that's kind of the problem with some of these shows is that like it takes so long to make the next season that you kind of forget what happened in the previous season, if you watched it or not, or like how it ended. Right. And I'm not going to go back and rewatch Jack Ryan. Like It's not like a, rewatching Avatar for Avatar 2. Um, you know what I mean? Right. Right. I, I watched Avatar seven times before watching Avatar 2. <laughs> you took a week off? <laughs> yeah, well, in my defense, I had nothing else to do, so I was just playing it in the background. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. So was that your wall, or what are you going <laughs> to... you have something most... else that you snuck time into? Oh, I got something for my wall, but I will just say this. Most people, when Christmas hits, you know, they hear Mar- Mariah Carey's um, infamous song now. For me, it's Avatar. I was like, I'm, I'm just been waiting for that Avatar Christmas for what 13 years, and here we are. We had it just just a couple weeks ago now. So that's what Elvis was singing about. Blue Christmas. I don't know. Is that what? <laughs> <laughs> a Navi Christmas. Damn. <laughs> Na- Feliz Navidad. Oh, whoa, whoa, this is right whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> we should do this more often. Look at all this gold we're sitting on here. <laughs> No, I I got something from my wall that I think is a little bit um uh it it, it it's a little odd, but um I honest so honestly I feel like this is something that uh I kind of stumbled on by accident. So having a niece and and a nephew, I'm always like trying to get like new books or stuff to kind of you know read them um whenever they're over or even just like as a gift i feel like it's always cool to get those little golden books and that kind of thing uh but i stumbled on this thing um this book called the boy the mole the fox and the horse right and it's a children's book but kind of lengthy for a children's book it seems more of those like auteur driven um stories if that makes any sense like like uh it's kind of like a glorified children's book but like if an adult reads it it's it's you know there's sophisticated stuff in there to kind of get your attention also um but they recently made an apple plus original um short of that book and it's one of the most like thought-provoking but like simple things that i've ever seen it's done so well like the animation is like almost like a blend between something that's hand-drawn and also hand-painted with like watercolor type deal uh yeah, it just caught my attention. It's like 30 minutes. It's really nice. If, if, if anybody has Apple Plus, check it out. It's, I thought it was a really cool and it has some really sweet messaging for kids, but it just kind of grabbed my attention <laughs> over the last couple of weeks because uh, 
you know, the, the way that it was done, I just I haven't seen anything done to this level. Barry the lead, Idris Elba is the fox. Yeah. Wow. There's a couple other folks in there on on that ca- on the voice cast that I swear I I I've heard them before, but I can't quite put it. In. I guess no better time to look at IMDb than right now, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not recognizing all many of the voice actor names. Produced by J.J. Abrams, though, did a horse like rise up through a clouds? Uh, uh, <laughs> not too far off from what's something that happens in that last <laughs> part, but I'm not gonna throw spoilers out here. But you know, tune in and you won't you won't be disappointed if you're looking for flying horses. So no, I'm not gonna get a children's book. Uh, I think I'm good. <laughs> but that sounds like a fun wall for you. Did you watch? Um, let me pivot a little bit but in that same genre did you watch strange world uh so i started watching it (laughs) yeah and i did not finish watching it because (laughs) my niece lost interest i lost interest too yeah (laughs) which took five minutes okay so i stuck through it (laughs) wow and i should not have it was so bad so you do you know how it ends or no Dude, I have no clue. All I know is I I got up to the part where spoilers, I guess here, right? Because I feel like nobody. <laughs> I, yeah, let's go I, ahead I feel and spoil like no a Strange this. World, Pixar's new movie. <laughs> <laughs> I got up to the part where he's uh, the main character stumbled on his father again. Um, this okay. is after getting lost on his little adventure thing. So you got to where they were trying to go rescue or like save the power supply that they've been using. In their town, right? Is is that what they were doing? Because I thought they were just trying to get off the. I see. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I thought they were just trying to get off world. No, well, it's funny because uh, it turns out that the power supply is really just a virus, and they're living inside and on outside of a giant creature. <laughs> so they're almost like fleas. And then the the pterodactyls that were attacking them were like red blood cells or white blood cells. <laughs> what? <laughs> it got so trippy. <laughs> it made no sense at all. This this suddenly feels like Osmosis Jones. That like, but worse because at least they like explain like that's my job. I'm the white blood cells. <laughs> this was wow. like they had to figure it out. Okay, see, I, I don't think I was paying nearly enough attention to, to, to really put the connected dots there. That's I've, I've like... heard some stuff about this movie, though. Like, it's just... For, first of all, I didn't even realize it hit theaters a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. I, I guess it, it had to be a few weeks, right? Because it's on Disney Plus is where I saw it. You know what I don't get, man? And I think that this is something maybe you and I touched on when we talked about i think turning red right was the last pixar movie we might have spoken on but some of the choices they've been making with the animation department make no sense like if you're going to release something in theaters why not release something like turning red that had no competition but then you decide to release this movie in theaters thinking it's going to make something and it bombs yeah some of these are real hit or miss like Lightyear could have been cool but i don't think it was that good yeah i didn't think so either I didn't watch Turning Red or Luca yet, 
So the last good one from you was Soul. Luca, I will say, was 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 a pretty decent movie. It wasn't like a I think theater worthy film, right? But it wasn't horrible either. I thought, I thought it was somewhere between somewhere between the brilliance of Cars <laughs> and Ratatouille, for me anyway. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Like Cars one was good, but Cars two and three were pretty terrible. Hmm. I think anyway. That's probably enough Pixar talk, right? Probably. Let let's get let's talk about the last Airbender, man. We're here to talk Avatar. We're here to talk, you know, the big franchise of the century. Bro, what are your thoughts, bro? Bro, you're not gonna believe this, bro, but you know. <laughs> I had a lot of fun um throwing popcorn away at the end of this movie. <laughs> Did you go with a big bucket? Um. Yeah, I had I had enough points yeah, to same. get myself the steel bin with the logo on it. I know. <laughs> nice. I just didn't get my uh, bottle topper. I was kind of I was kind of pissed about that because. Oh man. Uh, why have the Avatar themed little um, bottle if you're not gonna give me my topper? Anyways, <laughs> um, I thought it was a nice popcorn flick. Uh, felt more like a summer movie. Uh, type deal like something you would watch in late august uh beautiful visuals honestly i think that's the biggest thing that's the biggest draw for this movie at least from my view um it's worth watching in theaters just to get the visuals that being said i couldn't find anything else of substance too much here um and i did try to really like this movie because i thought the first one was definitely like a little bit of a breath of fresh air um but this one besides being like a you know, and I don't want to understate it because I feel like this is a technological marvel that was just brought out to us here. Um, it just feels like this movie is James Cameron just being like, you know what? I also want to do a franchise and it's going to be this and it's going to be something that uh, is a little too. I don't know. I think it's a little generic, like it, like most of the plot you can kind of guess by. Uh, just you know, tuning into the first ten minutes of the movie, you kind of get a sense as to what's going to happen next. There's not too much mystery there. Yeah, no, I don't think that there has to be, because it's very formulaic. But it's also like we're almost just redoing the first movie with this one. I agreed. I think the action sequences when they got to those were captivating, entertaining, but they kind of like I don't know. In 2009, they had the CGI cracked on this thing, so like, uh, right. It's not like they can really improve upon it. I think they could just expand a little bit, like doing underwater CGI, which is really amazing. And the first one wasn't really known for its dialogue, so there wasn't really. I mean, you that's like the only area that you probably could have improved upon is like really devote a heavy portion of the budget to script writing. Mm-hmm. And it's clear they went the opposite direction because uh, I, I think we're assuming that people have seen this. And that's why we're joking around saying bro, because that must have been the most used word in their script. <laughs> it was it was actually like aggravating towards the end when that's the only word that they knew to say or like to call each other. It's a little disheartening, though, because this is James Cameron, you know, like the guy gave us Terminator 2 titanic and like some of the more like i feel like movies that you can go back to and like look at the dialogue and just look at how great 
those pieces are. Um, and he likes to bash the Marvel and superhero franchise stuff a lot, which is why I thought, okay, so this is his like his piece de resistance, I guess. If if we're gonna go, you know, if he wants to paint it out that route, because he always paints himself out to be this big, um, you know, more than a showman, I guess. Um, but and, and I'm sure he's passionate about this project because it sounds to me like he's got ambitions for five of these. It just um, I don't know. It kind of fell short for me anyway, in terms of like grabbing my attention beyond the visuals. Do you think there's any like uh, we're harboring any emotions or like ill will towards this because it's been what 13 years since we got the last one? I can't really say that I, that that's not the case, right? Because I'm sure there's some sort of a. I'll be honest with you, man. I feel like the thing is with me, like if you're if I'm interested in something, right? Like I'm. I'm I'm like not necessarily counting down the days, but at, at the very least, it's on my radar, right? But the first Avatar franchise to me screamed like a brilliant standalone film. I don't think it needed this, and I didn't expect this kind of thing from James Cameron. You know, like I expected maybe a sequel within the land, right? But telling a completely different story with a new set of characters and all that. Um, so to me, it's just more like I don't know. I I kind of thought it would give me a little bit more to to kind of chew on here, and I guess maybe I set my expectations a little too high for it. No, I don't think you did. I because the thing I've been feeling about it is like this is the type of movie I would have expected if they came out with it two years after the first avatar. Like it feels like a little bit of a rush screenplay, but let's crank these things out and create our own world. And if they gave us like 10 years of these five movies or, you know, 12 years, 15 years, it would have felt right. Whereas you take 13 years and you give us a movie that feels like it didn't really build on anything. So it, it didn't live up to the expectation of where it should be at because you've had so much time for it. Yeah, I mean, this movie started shooting back in 2013. Like, that's that's how long they've had to, to kind of get this project off. And mind you, there's stuff that's really good. Like, I think that this is some oh, of the best yeah. mocap work I've seen ever. Um, But I feel like it kind of gets... it's this. I feel like this deserves some level of criticism that like George Lucas got back in 1999 for the Phantom Menace. You know how everybody was like, oh, like the prequels got stuck with just showing off the technology that they had. I feel the same for James Cameron here. There's some shots that take a long time to to get through and they really don't add anything for the narrative. It's just for the sake of experiencing the beauty of that world. Um, and I get it, but at the same time, it's kind of like, that's kind of what you established the first movie with, you know, like if this is the second piece to your franchise, you should really be giving us more story to grip us. Yeah, I think that's it for me. I think that sums it up really well that the CGI, the action was all pretty flawless, but it's just like the plot of it, generally speaking, just wasn't that good. Are you watching it again, bro? Sometime this week? I'll catch it when it comes on to Disney Plus. I'll probably throw it on one like one rainy Saturday or something like that. But it's also like a major time commitment. Like over three hours yeah. is crazy. <laughs> Which I agree. I think like go to the theater for it 
to get the big screen, you know, appeal and the surround sound and the, the crowd was. I still had a packed audience and I saw it New Year's Day. So, two, what is that? Two three weeks after it came out, and it's still packed. So, I think you still want that experience, but I don't. I don't know. It doesn't seem like I would go back to theaters for it. I saw it in IMAX 3D. And the experience was really like one of my friends said it felt like a like a three hour Disney ride. <laughs> and I'll agree, like the, it was fun, like to experience it in that. And and mind you, I have like major astigmatism, so putting on those 3D glasses on top of my regular glasses is such a trip. Um, but it 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 felt well worth it because it seems like this is the one franchise that knows how to use 3D out of everything. Like it doesn't feel like right. a gimmick. Right, exactly. Uh, but yeah, like if 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 you're if anybody's down to watch this, I would recommend, I would highly recommend that you find the crispest screen in your neighborhood, watch it in 3D. This one's actually worth doing that for. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it, other than that, you know, narrative-wise, maybe hold off. You know, if the visuals aren't your thing, maybe hold off for streaming. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Why don't we get into some specific? scenes characters and plot points that we are agreeing we didn't like <laughs> yeah so i guess this is the warning yeah um let's let's get into some of the specific stuff so if uh it's still relatively unseen so why don't we issue the spoiler warning if you don't want to catch some of the stray punches we're throwing out here yeah feel free you got the next two seconds to pause this <laughs> and that's enough time <laughs> Why don't we start uh, off with the Sullys? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Obviously the main family of the of the movie. And are we like how much I guess we're expecting that they're also living the same 13 years? <laughs> um that we lived? I would assume No, maybe more, right? Because some of the like, I guess the older their older child at least seemed into their late teens. Maybe I don't know. I don't know like, how they how their species ages, but yeah. So they they've also experienced at least like a decade plus of Earth years. Right. Well, I guess we can kind of judge it based off of Spider, right? Because the the kid looks at least 17, 18-ish, right? So think? It, it's it's been at least that long. I thought he was like 12. Was he? <laughs> he acted like a little baby. Well, you know, not to get He's also not part of the family. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't accept him. <laughs> I'm I'm like not not be what's her yeah. name? Neither Nateri. does Nateri. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, no, I can't. Uh, what are your thoughts on this family? I I get like they had their own kids. Love it. What about like I, I really just want to talk about Kiri. No, I think I think the the family dynamics uh, make sense, uh, but I, I I think this might sound a little bit nitpicky, but I think they have too many kids at play here, um, and it's it it's feels like uh, they're trying to do the whole passing of the torch thing here, but at the same time, um, we don't get to focus on too many of these. Uh, or we don't get too many of these moments where we crystallize exactly who we need to be looking at, uh, looking at the story through the eyes of. Um, 
But I, yeah, I, I just think there was a little too much going on with that plot point, and they had still Neytiri and Jake get some significant moments in this movie. So it just kind of felt a little bit jumbled as to who we should be paying more close attention to. I guess part of that though was a good thing because the payoff at the end is like you do get more attached to them without knowing like who of the sons do you care are you supposed to care more about so you get attached to both equally and then when you lose one it's really tough at the end but yeah the the problem with like the motion capture and the cgi is like the faces are distinct when you see them up close but when they're like flying their ecrons or like water surfing those other beasts like and you catch them in action it was almost it was kind of difficult to tell like which son it was because they also had very similar voices too. That's true. And it's kind of it's a little odd because I think that ultimately um that lo- the loss at the end for me I feel like was the big hitter as to like finally getting us on track somewhere like I, I think story wise. Uh but at the same time uh we I don't know. Like for for me, I I barely got to know some of these uh some of these kids enough for me to be at the end feel something, uh which is kind of weird because it's a three hour movie, you know. So I, I I thought I would get at least a little bit more attached to them before they started killing them off. Yeah, I guess they they probably should have killed off one of the kids that they I mean they did it. So I'm not saying like they should have done it. And without any, you know, uh, proof there, but I think they should have done it earlier. They so should have killed off more kids. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to be like a kid killer here, but <laughs> half of them but, gone. But no, I think it was fine that you have this dynamic of like the younger brothers kind of getting, like, steering the family or steering the two sons off into trouble, and the older brothers taking the heat for it. I get that dynamic, and I think that works well. And it makes you like each of them in their own way. So when you kill off the older brother, it hurts more because you're like, well, he was kind of the protector and now he's gone. I think they should have done that earlier. And if you're trying to say it was the younger brother's fault, then that gives him another journey to go through. And it also would have been like a nice parallel between like Jake, the father, losing his brother in the first movie. Right. Yeah, I feel like that would have uh, solidified things a little bit better, or at least kind of molded things, I think, in a more umph, I guess, uh, to to the plot here. Yeah, because you're right, because it's like, killing off the kid is, like, it is supposed to be emotional, and it's supposed to give them a journey to go through, but you did it so late that it's almost like, what was, what are we paying off from that? Or are we waiting until the next movie to get some sort of payoff? I was expecting the younger kid to die, and that was going to be like his big, um, his big moment because it made more sense, right? Like that would have been the, um, the thing that would drive the the older brother to change and something. Because I feel like most of the time in these movies, like the the one death or dramatic shift in, um, in, you know, in, in the life event drives the character that's most reserved into the biggest change. Um, so I think that's why I was kind of looking for that. Um, so in a way, it, it did subvert expectations there. But but yeah, it, it would have worked either way. Because then like, yeah. if the younger brother died, then the older brother would have been 
you know, stepped up more for revenge if the with the older brother dying, the younger brother like now has to mature up a little bit more. Um, but yeah, no, I I feel like it just happened too late. And then I agree. I think there are too many kids because I also totally forgot that they had like a very young daughter. Yeah, I forgot about her until she got kidnapped at the end. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> yeah. Like you got kidnapped and you got away. Just keep swimming away. <laughs> it's really not that tough. I love that they've made Neytiri this like force to be reckoned with in these movies. Like even the yeah. first one, like I think people, well, she's more of a deadly warrior than than even Jake is. I thought she was gonna die. I thought so too. Towards the end, right? Like that would be the other big um, straw, to, or like the thing that breaks the camel's back, so to speak. Well, they really set it up where it's like Korich is gonna get his revenge, and he ends up not even fighting her. Yeah. Can we talk about him real quick? Because <laughs> yeah, we'll come back to Kiri because uh, I, th- I think Korich is a major part that has to be talked about. Um, I w- was not happy with the fact that they brought this dude back in this way. Specifically, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just felt so kind of like it kind of cheapens the whole aspect of death, right? In this world, absolutely. Which we kind of already tackled a little bit in the first one, you know, with with Sully and the tree at the end, like kind of giving his uh, giving up his human body, but going in with, with the avatar body. But like, it just felt like I don't know, like. You couldn't come up with another villain. <laughs> like it, you got the same dude, just paint him blue again. And uh, you know, well, yeah. In the first one, we also we saw Sigourney Weaver's character die, and she's like definitely worthy to keep living, but she couldn't be transferred over to her avatar body. Right. Which is why they did the cheap move of like, why don't we give her a pregnancy that she can give birth after death? Which makes no sense. But <laughs> yeah, for him, it's like he died he wasn't worthy why are we bringing him back just because we need a like the protagonist like the antagonist here right and i think that you know i've seen some like reviewers talk about like well you needed him there because like then what purpose does spider serve and i was like i don't think you needed you know him necessarily for for spider's arc right you could have had whatever group of humans because that's that's the big uh, that's the big point with him, right? It's like you, you don't fit into this family, you feel out of place. So here's a group of humans that you do relate to and who understand your, you know, plight, I guess. Um, so it, it could have worked without him. Yeah, that was definitely not an explored plot line. They just did so much emphasis on this like Luke invader type plot line where it's like right. the fathers are so important. And like the relationship between father and child, it's like you don't have to do that for three different people. <laughs> also, pick it's not, one. It's not very realistic either, right? Because like, at least for me, I didn't really see too much of a father dynamic come out of him to, for for then Spider to justify essentially kind of turning on the family a little bit there, especially towards the end. Yeah, Spider um, really made no sense. Like, dude, pick a side. Which one are you are you choosing here? Because it's okay if you go with Gorich. But you just have to pick one because you don't get to like save him and come back. Yeah, but and but I also I do kind of sympathize with him in in the sense that um, I could be remembering this wrong, right? But like I could have sworn he's he's referred to almost like a pet, right? For the family, it's not necessarily 
He's not really I think looked they at. called him Wild Monkey or something like that. Right. Like, he's not. Or monkey Boy, was it? He's distinctly was... not a member of this family. <laughs> no, and they put him down a little bit, and Natiri didn't want him around. And I'm probably, I'm sure, like, he probably caught that vibe off of her. But it's also like, Quartz didn't really show you any love. Like, his avatar didn't really show you any love <laughs> until the moment right. where it was like, your life or that other girl's life. Right. Which honestly, I kind of like. <laughs> I was I was half expecting Natiri to just be like, you know what? I am gonna I am gonna kill this kid, <laughs> like, um, with with with, with no remorse, there, just because she's gone through so much already between the two movies, and it all, you can all pin it back on the same villain here. But that just felt like a, a misstep in her character development. Like I don't see her taking a kid hostage to free her kid. Like, that whole scene didn't make sense to me. Like, I don't see her. I don't buy her doing that. And then I don't buy him stopping because he wants that kid saved. Yeah, that came out of nowhere at the end there uh, with, with with Qualtridge. And with, with Neytiri, too, I think you're right. It, it felt a little bit out of place. Only because, like, even in the first movie, as as angry as she was, right, she wasn't much of a revengeful type. Her her big beef was with Kultrich at the end with that with that fight right when he was wearing the mecha suit. But uh, it, yeah, I, I don't know. It just so th- th- that's where that's where some of the issues I've had with this movie kind of pop up, right? It's like I feel like the writing was kind of slacking a little bit, and I feel like they have the right scenarios, but like the wrong, maybe like or, or unclear motivations for some of these characters. Yeah. But just to finish up the the thread on Korich, like bringing him back, I I don't mind if you figure out a way to bring him back. It is lazy because you could just create a new villain, somebody who, who like wants to avenge his protege in the army or something like that or whatever. But it's a really dangerous way of bringing him back now because you're right; it cheapens death and it also like essentially says like. Everyone is immortal because you can just download their memories and place it into another host body, which like also brings up the plot point of like, why would they even need that whale brain matter for immortality if you can just do this? Um, But then also like, does this mean in the third movie, we're going to see like an army of this guy, like a whole battalion of just him? Maybe. He's the Django Fett of the Avatar universe. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it feels like they can just do. I don't get why they brought back these other like grunts in his platoon. Why not just give him like twelve of himself? That would be pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> cool? I feel like that's so lame. It is. It's basically Terminator, which I guess is Cameron's thing. Yeah, this is what he's wanted this whole time. To build a uh, uh, Terminator of avatars. Well, he's been talking about the Navi since 1997. Nice. At least, yes, according to this, uh, the, uh, I was reading this like article from the Hollywood Reporter about like how he's been talking about making this these movies since like Titanic success. So, oh, good for him. Yeah, thanks, James. <laughs> <laughs> But um, what did you think about the whale brain stuff? Like, I love it. I feel like I feel like whaling was like an interesting topic to discuss in this movie. 
Well, I mean, we have to fit something. Last last time it was, uh, you know, protect the earth and its environment and stuff. That was the, the big messaging, right? Like, we got to value what we have. Otherwise, we but start But of all the things that, like, ocean-related, you can go with, like, sea levels rising. You can go with, like, plastic part- particulates in the water. Now we're going to go with whaling. Yeah, it's, it seems a little bit, like, out of left field. Um and also, kind I of mean, strange. all causes are good causes to talk about, so I won't knock them on it. But it's just <laughs> like we 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 really just needed to come up with some other material that is worth a lot of money. Forget unobtainium. Now we need whale juice. Which, like, you're also telling me none of those whaler guys are taking a sip of that. No, there's no regulation out there. There's no over, like oversight into their their operations. <laughs> Well, it also like I feel like that whole tidbit was like set up for the future, right? Because now we know that there's something that essentially makes humans immortal, like unable to age and all that. So are we building up to some sort of conflict with Earth in the future again? Or like are we gonna see the Navi travel to Earth? Like is that what we're gonna see? Well, wasn't there... the thing for this one was like all of Earth is gonna come here to live because Earth is doomed? Essentially, yeah, but like, like the whole whale bit, like that would imply that there's some sort of character from back then that we're gonna see, and this is gonna be how they explain that they haven't aged or something. And I struggled to kind of figure out who that would be, or like why they would include this as a, as a necessary like a uh, little plot point here. It just seemed a little odd. What else was there? Listen, Spider's my favorite character in this movie. He makes no sense, and I love it. It's chaotic. Yeah, he just got so on board with like helping the Marine team so quickly. <laughs> and then he was so chill just watching the monitors of the whaling expeditions. Well, he's not ride or die. We know that for sure. <laughs> don't, don't pull up to his squad and expect to get, you know, helped. I guess, yeah. Uh, can we talk a little bit about Kiri, Sully, the chosen one? You mean the avatar, the main avatar? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the incarnation avatar. I got so many problems with this character, <laughs> like <laughs> more than the rest of the movie combined. Is one of those the number of fingers she has? Doesn't she have like the same number of fingers as the other kids? They all have different numbers, didn't they? I thought they all had an extra one. They all had a pinky. Some of them had, didn't have the extra or had fewer fingers or something. No, I think they all did. Really? Well, okay. <laughs> Three hours and I can't remember this <laughs> this detail. No, because they all held up their hand as like half-breeds. <laughs> as soon as they arrived at the village. And they was like, yeah, they're my kids because I'm also a half-breed. Whenever I have kids, I'm gonna have my kids salute themselves that way in public. Half breed. Oh, they should have breeds. <laughs> Sully stick together. Oh uh, god. No, the thing that like I don't know how to pick which one most bothered me, but one thing that bothered me was that like you have her connect to the tree of souls underwater and her which apparently now is like you get a vision quest if you do that. It used to just be like you might hear a voice of Awa. Now it's like you get to go back and relive a memory. 
But so she goes back and relives a memory with her mom, Sigourney Weaver. And she's like trying to find out who her father is and like dies before or like passes out before that. And they never explore this plot point later on. And it's okay if we don't find out who the father is, but there's not even a moment of like, I don't need to know my dad. I knew my mom, you know, like give me something to like, right. let me know that she's okay with not finding out. Cause we weren't okay with finding out. Um, I'll spoil Avatar 3 here. I think it's Coltridge. Coltridge is her father. I think it's going to be Selfridge. The <laughs> boss guy. The nerdy boss. Oh, the, the, the unobtainium dude? Yeah, and he's been drinking all that whale juice. Oh, that'd be a major <laughs> twist. Dude. I, w- I would go watch Avatar 3 right now. I'd fear to my ticket right now. <laughs> no, did that bother you at all, though? Because I feel like the group that I went to go see it, we were like, what was the point of that whole vision quest? And like they devoted a, a scene much earlier in the movie about having a conversation of like who was it that knocked her up, and they never like figured it out. Well, that was the, that that, that kind of leads back to my point of like I think that a lot of this movie was used to set up stuff for the future. Like to me, I took it to mean that we're not going to see like this is another world building piece here. Like we're this is we're gonna not going to see payoff on this until Avatar three. But again, like, why? <laughs> you know, like, I think Avatar, especially because it did, it, it it's been so long. Um, I think for you know for people like you and I, we're gonna talk about like the fact that they already shot like the other Avatar movies, kind of like I think they shot most of Avatar three at this point, so we're gonna get it right. But I think the general audience doesn't know that. Like, how are you going to bring up something and then completely? Take it out. This, like, I, I feel like her um, specialness, I guess, to for lack of a better term, uh, was dismissed just as quickly as like the whole little subplot in Age of Ultron, where, where Thor has this vision of the Infinity Stones, and then all of a sudden we forget about that in, for the rest of the movie. Um, it was just there to serve a purpose for something else, and I think that that's what this might be. Uh, it 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 did bother me though, like, cause because I feel like it's just another example of like a little thread that's intentionally left, but not weaved in so smoothly as I think they could have. And then also just to like have her be the actor again, give us somebody new. It doesn't have to be a clone of her. Yeah, it was supposed to be a kid. You don't see like Sam, what's his name, Worthington, play his... all of his kids. He should have. We should have had Sam Worthington play all of them immediately. That would have been cooler. <laughs> well, did you see that? Um, there's this behind-the-scenes thing that I've seen roaming around on uh, Facebook and stuff about how long it's taken to shoot this movie, right? But when they cast all of um, Jake's kids, they were literally little kids. Like We're talking like 11, 12, 13-ish. And by the time that they actually got around to shooting their bits... Like these kids were significantly older. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of me is kind of like I, I get what you're coming from too, because I, yeah, I think it would have been better if we got somebody a little bit more age appropriate. Because even with mocap's benefits and all that, I, I think uh, Sigourney Weaver is way too iconic of an actress for you not to notice it's her. Right. 
Um, and it's just weird. <laughs> like, I think there's just too many unanswered questions with her about how she came to be and, um, you know, just like exactly what her important sense of being. I'm just, I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree that there just there should have been a little bit more thought put into this. But the rest of her plot is also like, explain us a little bit better of like, well, how, like what her journey is. Like She just starts, you know, I can feel Awa, I can feel the heartbeat. I feel different for that. And then like, we don't see her for a little bit doing anything because the other son is like progressing his storyline with that other whale. And now she comes back and she's like water bending at the end. <laughs> like, where did that come from? You, I think this goes back to the point of like, there's too many kids that you want to do unique things for that you didn't give them the right progression. You gave them all time, but there was no like clear path how they got from the beginning of their storyline to the ending of it. Right, and I think that the, the the problem too ends up being like even if we were just gonna focus on a few of these kids, I think they gave each of them enough screen time to kind of feel like, all right, which one am I which one am I supposed to be looking at here? You know, because the rest of them obviously are like kind of fell a little bit more into white noise in the background. Um, so it yeah, it just I don't know. To me, it felt a bit cluttered, and I'm sure a lot of these threads are gonna be followed up on. And Avatar three, right? But I think that this for a movie, if if you're gonna pivot this to be a franchise the way they are right now, you really need to get people hooked on the now and not on the later because you don't have the benefit of working within an already established universe the way that like these like comic book properties do, right? Like it's not. I think people are not as um, inclined, I guess, to to follow through with these little details. Uh, if you're not, if you don't give them enough um, on initial watch, at least. Well, you're absolutely right there. This is the Keystone movie that links the, you know, the movie that everyone loved, that was for a time the highest grossing movie of all time, to the rest of the franchise. And if this isn't like perfect, there's no reason to continue. Like our recommendation is like, I don't know, you probably don't need to see this if you don't care about this franchise. Or, you know, just wait until you have, like, a lot of extra time to watch a three-hour movie. Like, this is, like, it has to set it up perfectly to be, like, okay, now I'm invested. But they just created so many open plot points that it's, like, what do I care about coming back for if they're just going to keep creating more? Yeah. I will say, though, too, like, I'm not entirely... Like, I feel like one of the things that I, I've failed to understand, I guess, still, because, like, you look at the box office numbers for this, and we're on track. This movie's on track to get $2 billion. It already Thanks. crossed the billion-dollar mark, and it's not slowing down. There's no competition until Ant-Man, which doesn't come out until, like, what, February? End of February, somewhere around that time? So this movie will cross... I think it will cross that threshold. Honestly, like I think I think this has a good chance of doing it. And if you look at the overseas number, people outside of the US seem to be more attached to this movie than people in the US, which I find fascinating. Because I can't find a reason for myself to get attached to this as a franchise. Like is it is it just an American thing? Like we we're just not seeing it? Like I don't know. It's just it's kind of crazy to me. I don't know, bro. Bro. 
<laughs> Bro, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we need to watch it a few more times. <laughs> no, I'm good without it. Uh, I clearly have enough problems with it. Uh, but I mean, I'm glad that I went to go see it. If that if that makes any sense at all, like I loved the first one. I had to see how this one went along, and I'm glad it was like in the theaters as a whole experience. But it, yeah, it's really tough to be like getting get excited for three more of these right I, I think above everything else like the, like i said the visuals and i hate to keep coming back to it because it feels that's like, all you got that's yeah, that yeah one soapbox to preach on and this is a particularly beautiful like visual like it's not yeah you know even like not to knock on george lucas but like even the 1999 stuff he did for phantom it was revolution for that time right but this is a whole other level. Like this is amazing, like crossing boundaries between like like a surreal video game, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Why don't we uh, finish up real quick with the future, though? So we'll probably end up both seeing it because we're leaders, and you have four AMC memberships. They have to yes, use. of course. I have points to use. They gotta go somewhere. There was, <laughs> there was a teaser for what the next one's gonna be about. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So did you? I I think I saw this off of one of the um, major uh, pressers here. I I I I would say the Hollywood Reporter, but I don't think it was. I think this might have been Deadline or something. But apparently, uh, James Cameron has been talking a lot about what he sees for the future, um, and Avatar 3's antagonist. Apparently, according to this uh, article and it's some interview that James Cameron did with them, um, he's focusing on like an elemental type deal here, which I guess kind of makes sense when we take a few steps back. Why this was called the way of water and why we focused on this water clan. Um, it sounds like some like fire wielding Navi are going to be uh, the antagonist for the next film. Um mm-hmm. Which leads, you know, we were making jokes about this before we started recording, but, like, are we following the, like, Avatar The Last Airbender thing here? Like, (laughs) are we going to be getting one book or, like, one element per season slash movie here now? Like, I feel like we're we're treading a little bit on been there, done that territory. Well, they kind of covered two of them in the first one. Like, if you're saying that Jake's tribe is the tree people so they're like the earth ones and then they also enlisted support of the ikran people so that's kind of the airbenders that's (laughs) right yeah we are gonna see now we're gonna see fire which is all four of, of the major elements there i don't know it seems super lazy but it's also probably gonna be like still somewhat entertaining uh and then you know that this is going to end with like all of the earth fighting all of the Navi and we need to use all of the elements combined at the eclipse, which is also big in the other avatar. <laughs> they, they did so many eclipse moments in this. Well, you know, the moon goddess must have her, her dealings here too. Mm. But I don't know. I'm not like, on the edge of my seat like when is this coming out especially since now like the standard is 13 years uh i I haven't heard anything on like is it going to be sooner or about that length 
Have you? So, yeah, so 2020, uh, let me see here. 2024 is uh, December 2024 is the estimated release for Avatar 3. How are they um, doing that? Because they um they shot Avatar 3 and Avatar 2 back to back. Yeah, so most of this movie's done. It, they're just still working on post-production. Interesting. Okay. But he says he wants to do 4 and 5, but he will only do 4 and 5 if Avatar 2 hits 2 billion, which it looks like it will. So get ready to watch 5 Avatar movies. People, let's stop going to the theaters. Right, <laughs> it's over. Let's call his bluff. <laughs> hey, would you ever do, like, let's say, you know, it's 2032 <laughs> and Avatar 5 comes out <laughs> in theaters. <laughs> would you do an Avatar 1 through 4 marathon <laughs> at an AMC? No. That's literally an entire day. <laughs> no, that's that's probably like 12 hours, right? Dude, I, I did that for uh, Force Awakens when it came out. Like, watch all the all the Star Wars movies. I don't think there is a genre that I would willingly watch twelve hours worth of. Lord of the Rings would be maybe. I did it for Star Wars, and I only slightly I, regret it. Which ones? Because I can't muscle down the sequel trilogy. It was no, no. So I did it for when Force Awakens <laughs> came out. They they did a whole oh, thing okay. where they ran all six movies before. I guess uh, that would be pretty cool. That was amazing, but you know, it also kind of like cemented the idea that there's a lot of people in this world that don't wear body odor. I mean, body odor, <laughs> deodorant. <laughs> and, I put and, my and, body odor on every day. <laughs> yeah, I put it on every day. <laughs> no, people don't use deodorant. I, I don't get that. Like, what the heck? What's 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 up with that? Yeah, I would bring deodorant and a toothbrush with me to the theater. See, I brought two sticks of deodorant. I bought Axe body spray just in case. <laughs> Started handing it out as a goodie bag. You know, if I wanted to clear some seeds, so we use Axe body spray. Um, yeah, there's no way I would, I would watch all of the avatars back to back. I I feel like the third one's probably going to be about the same quality as this one. Uh, it's just going to be like, yeah. who are they going to bring back as the bad guy? And they let Gorge go at the end of this, so it's probably just going to be him, which is really lazy. It just feels so boring. Well, he said that Gorge uh, is going to be the villain for all five movies. I don't know Give how that's going to work. Give me an army of them. <laughs> I think your theory about clone Corriches is going to come through somewhere between Avatar <laughs> 4 and 5. <laughs> God, that's so lame. I just want all of them to scream Jake at the same time. <laughs> Let's finish there. this. Oh, gosh. <laughs> just me and you, Corrich, right now. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't love that. But we'll see. I'll make one prediction real quick before we end things. I think... Um, Jake's kid that he lost in this movie is definitely getting brought back in the next movie. No, you can't keep bringing people back. I know, but that's exactly what they're going to do. Watch. <laughs> I'm calling it right now. I would guess that uh, Natiri dies. They can't kill Zoe Zeldana, man. I like her in blue. Okay, yeah, everyone likes her, but <laughs> you have to up the stakes somehow. They can kill off Jake in the third movie. I think it's fine. Whoa. The original Chosen One? Yeah, why not? (laughs) 
Once a chosen one, always a chosen one, bro. Listen, Sam Worthington needs to learn that there's franchises outside of Avatar. He he doesn't have to wait 13 years to get another job. Like, there's other stuff he can do. Did you see that interview where some like the interviewer told him and Zoe how many movies they were in between the last Avatar and this one? Oh yeah, <laughs> he did like 23 in between, and Zoe did like 26 or something like that. That's crazy. It's so funny how I think that it's it's hard to put into perspective how like how uh, like how long it's been since that first movie but that's like two a year yeah that's wild yeah that's is way too much I, th- I think if they i hope that if he has if james cameron has plans to advance this further that he's got enough gas you know in the tank to to really get us to somewhere where you know, this becomes one of the like prime staples. Cause like I'll be honest with you, man. Like I, I really, really am cheering for this franchise only because of one thing. I think that I am, you know, while I like the comic book stuff, I, I miss the era in Hollywood where we had original concepts or at least, you know, maybe original concepts is stretching it too, but original franchises created on the screen for it. Right. Like when are we gonna get the next quote-unquote star wars right because i feel like this could have been it it just i just don't feel that yet Hmm. it's got it's got last jedi vibes if that helps (laughs) (laughs) listen all they had to do this movie was make spider the kylo ren of this franchise and i would have been like you know what that's an interesting choice i will stay tuned but they didn't yet they didn't yet, yeah. But watch him and um, and Kiri. They're gonna be the power couple towards the end of this franchise. Yeah, that was a little weird love story that like half got told. Slightly incestuous, just slightly. They're not related. They're just step siblings. That's it. Nothing wrong with it. They're not even step at all. You're assuming her father. Well, let's be real. I mean, you know, the doctor and Jake, they spent a lot of time together. And Jake and that oh, you tree, think it was too. Jake. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Jake and the tree or Jake and Sigourney Weaver's character. I think it was the nerdy guy, the nerdy scientist. He didn't look like he could get game with the tree okay. or Sigourney well, Weaver. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> You never know, and I guess we'll find out. And that's what we're going to end on, huh? (laughs) Listen, it just naturally fell into place here, right? This is our our jumping off point here. You forced it. Yeah. (laughs) Let's get out of here before we say something worse. All right. That's us (laughs) signing off. Thanks for listening.